It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. What is up, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast, a part of the Odyssey Network. I'm Brian Rennick, and I am joined, as always, by the legendary Al Sacco and the one and only Zane Nackby. And I don't, you guys aren't going to see this because you're listening, but right underneath my name, uh, I had a big day today, guys. My It says noted interviewer of Ronnie Lott, and uh, I got to I got to hang out virtually with with ronnie today uh this morning which i mean so cool legitimately like dream come true like and tell uh, tell the listeners about it brian because you you are working on it really you're producing big time producer brian reddick oh oh, yeah he is he is legendary producer he is uh producing (laughs) something really cool so why don't why don't you tell the listeners about it brian yeah so one of our uh one of our fellow writers at the web zone mark adams uh he wrote an article so he did he did our mailbag uh, articles all last season but prior to that in february of last year end of february he released an article which was incredible and if you haven't read it please go back onto the web zone and find it but he released an article uh, about roger craig's hall of fame case essentially uh but within that article he got quotes from montana rice lot brent jones uh steve young eddie DeBartolo. George Seifert, like just the legends, the legends of, of 49ers history uh, about Roger Craig, his impact on that team, his impact on the game, and essentially, you know, the reasons why he should be in the Hall of Fame. And so uh, I would say a couple months ago, uh, Mark approached me and said, hey, I'm thinking about turning this into a podcast series. And I was like, man, if you do that, I would love to help you with that. I would love to produce that. And so that's what he's doing. He's going back through um, and he's he's getting trying his best to, again, get these legends. But also, you know, Mayoko and Barrows and Larry Kruger and, you know, even the legends of, of 49ers media where he's 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 getting them on. And uh, we're going to put out, uh, I think, a four part series towards the end of July. Uh, on the case for Roger Craig. And the reason that we're, we're aiming towards the end of July is because uh, that is right around the time that the uh, senior committee will be voting on uh, more members of the Hall of Fame. And, and we are hoping against hope that at, at some point this injustice, if you will, will be righted and Roger Craig will be where he rightfully belongs, which is in the Hall of Fame. Usually Brian has to stare at me and Zane when he does stream yard and today he got, he got to stare at Ronnie Blatt. So that's, that's, I did. Uh, <laughs> I got to see Ronnie. It was awesome. It was so it's cool. It's a good change of pace, man. It's a good change of pace from looking at us. All right, you guys. Was. So here we are on the brink of, it's kind of like Christmas Eve free agency, right? The draft kind of feels like Christmas time almost if you're an NFL fan. We're on the brink of free agency. The tampering window starts recording this on a Thursday. The tampering window opens up on Monday the 13th. That would, I love that's what they call it. Deals get agreed to. <laughs> the legal um, tampering. The legal tampering window. Uh, but before we get into that, guys, the Niners got an awful lot of compensatory draft picks today. Mm-hmm. They, they maxed they, it out. They did. Yeah. Seven, seven comp picks. And this is where they make their bread and butter, right? The later rounds of drafting. I, I posted a tweet earlier this week that kind of talked about 
some of the first round misses that they've had and, and the conversion rate for them, which has basically been around 50% ish since Kyle has been uh, here and John Lynch has been GM and Adam Peters has been here as well, but they don't make their money in the first round. They make their money in rounds specifically three through five and specifically in round five. Now you have a situation like Brock Purdy where last pick of the draft, the great story, but look, Kittle was a fifth round pick. You had several other guys that were, that were found in later rounds. And this is where they make, Dre Greenlaw, and this is where they make their money, really, this this regime. And I, it's funny because they throw their first-round picks away for Trey. It's like, man, F them picks. Nobody cares about that, right? Nobody cares about those first-round picks because they only hit on half of them anyways. But I think that the, the value that they bring is being able to find gems in the middle to late rounds. And when you have a team that's ready to win a championship, which is the, what this roster is right now, you're going to be relying on those middle to late rounds to fill out the depth on your team and, and possibly come in and start a game or two or be significant rotational pieces. So the fact that they've got seven extra picks now, and look, they're not going to use all those picks. We're going to see a significant amount of movement with them with either trading those for future picks or trading up in rounds to be able to get more capital because they're not, they're not that far away, right? They're a guy basically away from a championship and that guy is probably a quarterback. I jokingly tweeted before this to Brian. I was like, you know, they just package all that together, the seven comp picks and everything in their draft, package it all together and just trade it off for Lamar Jackson, right? Just just my Ditka this whole thing, right, Brian? <laughs> yeah, I said settle down there, Ditka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? If, if, oh, I was going to say, say real Brian, quick, I want to I want to piggyback on Zane because he I, I looked it up, the fifth-round picks, right, in this regime. Here are the fifth-round picks. Last year, Sam Womack. The year before, Jalen Moore, Diamador Lenore. Talanoa Hufanga, all three of those guys, fifth round, 2021. 2020, fifth round, Colton McKivitz, a likely possible right tackle starter. Uh, 2019, fifth round, Dre Greenlaw. 2018, fifth round, DJ Reed, who is not a solid player for them, but is a solid player in the NFL, plays for the Jets now. Very good. And then in 2017, uh, George Kittle and Trent Taylor, and then DJ Jones was sixth round, but I was looking at fifth, but... Yeah, I mean, and that's that is that is incredible. It's just incredible, yeah. exceptional drafting, specifically in that round. It's outstanding. And so, yeah, I mean, do the 49ers have first or second round picks? No. Do they have a third round pick that isn't a compensatory pick? No. But they have 10 draft picks this year, 10 of them, even after that Christian McCaffrey trade, because they maxed out the comp pick formula which says you can get four comp picks for players. You can get three comp picks for coaches. And they did just that. Did they have 10 so or 11? Out, they have 11, I believe. They had four. 11. They got Sorry, yeah, 11. 11. So, yeah. so real quick, Al. So these, these, are the, these are the picks here. They've got – so these are all the comp picks that they've received today. So they've got 99, 101, 102, 173, 216, 253, 250, and 255. Okay. Um, so you've got, I mean, you've got three, three picks in the top 100 essentially, right. Without, without doing anything. And this draft, like we've seen how guys slide. We've seen how guys, you can find gems in later rounds as the Niners have done. Right. So the more cracks that the candidate can have in later rounds, the better it is for them. And on top of that, these are typically the lower salary numbers too, right? They're not first round, first or second round mm -hmm. picks. They're, they're easier on the cap as well. So the more of these guys that you have that can contribute, like all the guys that you just mentioned, Brian, 
it's huge. It's huge for the team because the cap hit is even more minimal at that point. By the way, that uh, that pick that they used to select Brock Purdy, that was a seventh round comp pick that they got when CJ Beathard signed with the Jaguars. There you go. So thank you, CJ, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Overall, so they have three thirds, three fifths, the sixth, and four sevenths is what they're looking at. And they will probably yep. do some maneuvering, you would think. And we'll get into that. Believe me, we got a lot of time to talk about the draft. So we will definitely hit that up at length. But free agency, man. It's around the corner, and this is, to me, a really sort of strange free agency period for the Niners. I think that for a couple reasons. One, I'm waiting for these restructures to start happening because they're going to have to do that for cap space. We talked about maybe Trent Williams, Eric Armstead, uh, maybe Traverius Ward, maybe Christian McCaffrey. There's there's a lot of people that they could look to do that. Kittle and Warner as well. Kittle and Warner, yeah. There's list goes on and on of guys that can restructure to free up some space. The other thing is I think there may be a plan A and a plan B here depending on what we find out Friday. So we're going to report this on a Thursday about Brock Purdy's surgery. So obviously if this comes out where they go in and he's going to be out for longer than they had anticipated or out into the season, plans may change specifically at the quarterback position, but we'll see on that. But I also think it's sort of a weird, a weird free agency period because they have a lot of guys who are free agents and people are not talking about this. I don't feel like, nationally or anywhere that oh yeah the Niners are loaded they have a lot of guys that are free agents I'm going to run through the list defensively Jimmy Ward Charles and Menahue Samson Ibukam Manuel Mosley Aziz Alshair Hassan Ridgeway Kerry Hyder Mo Hurst Sean Gibson Jordan Willis Jason Brett Tavares Moore notable defensive guys offensive McGlinchey obviously Garoppolo he won't be back uh, we'll throw Robbie Gold in there Dan Brunskill, Tyler Croft, Russ Dwelly, Jake Brendel, and the restricted guys are Kevin Givens, Colton McKivitz, and Flanagan Falls. They have a lot of decisions to make, a lot, on guys who put our starters and have played a gigantic role. Right now, you don't have a safety. Right now, you have no defensive line depth, really. Right now, you're losing two essential. I know Burford and Brunskill went on and off, but you're essentially losing two starters on, on the offensive line, and we'll talk about how who we think they may bring back. But there are gigantic, no, actually three starters when you got McGlinchey. So yeah. there are gigantic holes right now that they have to address. And they may not be huge signings, but they may be of the smaller variety to get some of these guys back or fill the holes. But it's a gigantic free agency period for them. Yeah, I I agree with you, Al. I, it's weird that we haven't heard about restructures yet because, again, legal tampering starts, starts Monday. And... Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't have to have the cap space until they actually sign the players, but obviously, you know, you don't want to go into the, that window, that window of Monday to Wednesday, not knowing whether or not this player that you're contacting, you can even afford to sign. And so that is, that is an interesting, uh, but, but I do think no, uh, news is going to come out soon about, about these restructures, Same. but it, it, it does, it, it does feel like, they signed a lot of those names that you rattled off. A lot of those guys were here this year on one-year deals anyway. So it, it never felt like a lot. It didn't feel like a lot of those guys were long-term players that they anticipated having anyway. Um, and so I think a lot of it, you're right. A lot of it are depth pieces. There are some starters in there. And and the to me, the biggest hole, right? The The three biggest holes, if you will, are safety because you literally don't have a player there right now. Right. Um, you've got Quantrez Knight, who I know they're high on, 
but was on the practice squad all of last year. And then you've got Hufunga, but Hufunga doesn't play that that free safety role, right? And they, they're kind of interchangeable there in terms of those safety positions. But Hufunga is best closer to the line of scrimmage, so you need somebody that can cover the back end. And then right tackle and center. And I would argue that right tackle and center are probably bigger needs than safety. I This defense is going to be good. It just is. It's going to be good. And so I think the I think that the majority of what they have to put resources that they need to use are on that offensive line. And I don't know that that means that you go out and you re-sign McGlinchey or you sign Juwan Taylor, right, who are the two biggest names. But there are some names out there that are intriguing. But to me personally, that's the area that I think they need to sink the most into. Are they going to? Hard to know. They don't. It, to me, it seems like Kyle Shanahan believes that you don't have to sink a lot in there outside of like a Trent Williams, who, you know, is arguably the best player in the NFL. But uh, I'm just I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried about the offensive line. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I'm kind of the same sort of ilk, I guess. I'm I'm concerned about the offensive line. But here's here's the thing, though. Kyle's been able to make it work with a, a rotating sort of revolving door at offensive line. We had Spencer Burford. Jake Brendel and Aaron Banks as new starters along the line this year. And they were, they held their own. They were, were they perfect? No, but they, they held their own. They're able to hold it down for, for the majority of the season. And it wasn't as big of a problem as we thought it would be. So I think that they have a decision to make with regards to spending on an offensive lineman versus just drafting one and developing, which is something that they've proven that they can do with either late round, late round graphics or undrafted free agents. So I think that you'll probably see a couple of, of, offensive line picks in the draft um, in the middle rounds to be able to at least get some depth to address this regarding McGlinchey. So I don't know if they're going to pay him to stay. I don't know if that's somebody that, that they feel like they can afford. I doubt it, especially when you can bring back McKivitz on a, on a much lesser deal. Al, you mentioned McKivitz was a free agent as well, right? So uh, restricted, I, could, restricted. Uh, yeah. So you're going to be able to, you're going to be able to bring him back on a, on a much lesser deal or, if you sign into an offer sheet, then you get you get a pick if he if he leaves. So, really, what it comes down to is, I believe I think they believe in McKivitz. He's had starting experience. He knows the offense. And when it comes down to it, we talked about this last show as well. Familiarity with the offensive scheme is, is it's huge for Kyle, and he's going to want guys that are familiar with the scheme. So, I think McGlinchey walks. Brendel, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But again, that's been a revolving door at center. They've been been able to work make work, and I think McKivitz takes over at right tackle. You've got Burford, who was already platooning with Daniel Brunskill, who would it would be sad to see him go because he is Aaron Donald's daddy. But that would be sad <laughs> twice a year to see him. Not. But I think that they they've got something there as well. So it's it's not as bad as as really if we dig into it as we think. But I just think that like the amount of turnover that they have yearly on that on that position group, it it lends to the theory that they can plug and play not anybody but a, a competent person in there and still be able to get really good results. Well, it's going to be interesting to, to see what, they, what they're going to do with that, because McGlinchey's gone. If you look at yeah. any free agent list, McGlinchey's one of the top five or six guys out there. He's going to get a gigantic payday on the open market. Mm-hmm. He's, he's gone. There's, there's no way he's coming back. And then, yeah, you have your two guards. You have Trent Williams. and The center position is huge in Kyle Shanahan's offense. I do think they're going to probably bring, bring Rendell back on a short-term deal. I kind of feel like that makes sense for both sides. So you could see that. But beyond that, if if they are or they do have a lot of faith in McKivitz, maybe you see him sign 
not a super long-term deal, but maybe a three-year type thing or something like that where they bring him back. And I do think, I do think you're probably on the right track, Jake or um, Zane, where they have the answers in-house, they think, for the most part. You're probably on the right track there. But, Brian, you've brought up a lot of good points where, listen, we've seen quarterbacks get hurt. You're losing Mike McGlinchey. You need to go out and, and get a good tackle, right? That, there's that school of thought, too. And I know you had your eyes on some guys. They're not – obviously, they're not going to get an Orlando Brown. No. Probably not a Luai. You know, somebody like that, obviously. They're not going to get the big-name guys to move over to right tackle or whatever. Um, you had a couple guys I know that you liked, Brian, or one in particular mm-hmm. that you mentioned. That I actually looked up today because I'm, I'm not going to pretend I know anything about Caleb McGarry. I don't yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. But I did see something. I wanted to ask you about this today because I looked him up yeah. and I saw on ESPN he had – the 68% um, run blocking win rate, which was 61 out of 64 tackles. So I don't know that he would be someone the Niners would want for that, but I know that you like him and I wanted to hear sort hey, of why. Guys, guys start really quick. Yeah. So just breaking right now, uh, the 49ers assigned, signed Colton McKivis to a two year extension through 2024. So there you go. There you go. There's probably your right tackle. Okay. Okay. So you're off okay. the hook, Brian, if you want to answer that question. All right. <laughs> So, uh, the, well, with McGee, there were two, there were two that I thought again would be within the range of what they'd be comfortable paying. One was McGarry, although that might be a little bit high. Basically, McGarry, the the reason, the reason I thought that he could be a target was more price point than it was a great fit. Mm. I know he's a great run blocker. That is kind of very much like McGlinchey. Um, is he? Because he had a really bad win. Is it just the year? I, I don't, I don't know. Again, I don't know. I just don't know how they calculate some of those things. And yeah. So it's not it, to me, to me, if anybody, if, if Arthur Smith trusts you to, to, you know, to, to block in his, in his running scheme, I think you're fine. Right. Because he runs a very similar running scheme to Kyle Shanahan. Um, the other one is Andre Dillard, who is going to be a free agent from the Eagles. He was essentially their swing tackle, uh, cause they had Lane Johnson on the right. And then they, they drafted Dillard in the first round as their left tackle of the future when they still had Jason Peters and then Peters retired and then they had Dillard. And then just this, the, the guy they have there now, I think it's like, it's Jordan Maialata or something like that was a very, very much a, um, a, a project of theirs. He was like this six, seven rugby player from, I'm, I'm not sure where. Uh, and they brought him in and then he developed they in their eyes better than Dillard did. But Dillard was an incredibly athletic tackle coming out of Washington state. And I think he would be a good fit in a zone run scheme like this. And so that is another name that I thought they could pursue, but if they're extending McKivitz, I mean, you have to have a swing tackle. So that doesn't McKivitz doesn't mean that they're just plugging him in at right tackle. True. You got to have a swing tackle. And they've shown that they trust McKivitz, it seems like, more than Jalen Moore. And so perhaps that's what you're looking at, but they still have an eye on someone else. It's hard to know. Um, but but yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm just, McKivitz hasn't played on the right side. He didn't play on the right side at West Virginia. He hasn't played on the on the right side with San Francisco. Doesn't mean that he can't, but he hasn't. So you know, uh, but uh, Dillard wasn't a, he was a left tackle, right. And then he became a swing tackle. McGarry played right tackle for, uh, for the Falcons. So there is that, that familiarity there, but yeah, it's, it, it just, it, they have developed enough trust 
as a coaching staff to say if they think that this player they can plug in and and that player will succeed you, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt but just as a fan it it is a little bit scary just because of what we went through this past season with the four quarterbacks yeah it's an unknown do you guys think i mean we talked about the quarterbacks at last show we can bring it up again now i think matt ryan's name that could end up here if if purdy is out for a while uh andy mm-hmm. dalton i think is not i know people don't want to hear that but i think that's another name if Purdy is out for a while, I think, I think Brian, you said Brissett could get a higher end deal. I agree with that. Um, Baker, I think may get a higher end deal from somebody, even if it's a high end back, I think he's someone will pay more than the Niners probably will, but we'll see with that. I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts other than what we've already said on the quarterbacks, but I think Matt Ryan or Dalton would be, would be probably two of the main guys. I think if they tried to go ahead, go ahead. I'll say if they tried to bring in Baker Mayfield, they they're going to, they're going to have to put in Nick Bosa's contract that he's allowed to fight him once a season. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go hot take here. I'm going to say they're going to draft a quarterback with those draft picks. And they're going to, they're going to try to develop that and stash them on the practice squad because this, this veteran that's here is going to be like a one year sort of deal, right? Not even, maybe Mm. not even a one year deal. So I don't know if you want to spend on a Matt Ryan for, five, six games, maybe, right? Like, I would hope that Brock is back by then. If it's Tommy John, then we're having a whole different discussion, right? Like, it's sure. we don't know yet. Right, right. Surgery is right. tomorrow. It so it changes everything. But assuming that it's it's the same timeline of six months recovery, that puts him about, like, week one or two of being able to actually play. So are you going to make that move and bring in a veteran quarterback who's going to be pricier than a guy that either you could get on the second tier uh, market or, uh, or uh, as a rookie? And something that you could just develop. I mean, I mean, who knows? Who knows? We don't. We don't know. But I think that we're gonna know, we're gonna know a lot more in the next coming few weeks in terms of Brock's surgery and his recovery. In terms of what that answer is gonna be, I feel like there's many nodes on this decision tree that that Kyle and, and John Lynch can kind of go with, and it just depends entirely on Brock's health. Uh, I, I this think Matt. Yeah. Go ahead, Dip. No, I was gonna say you're right. This free agency is like a choose your own adventure novel, right? It's like. Yeah. If this happens in yep. this, if this yep. happens in this, yep. you're right. They have, and they have to, because there's too many unknowns and I'm sure that's frustrating as a fan. That's frustrating. So imagine trying to be the decision makers for that. Well, I have a question for you guys then at, at defensive end, right? Like they, we know they need depth opposite both. So we talked about in the last show, we know that they need depth across the defensive line. So you've got Charles Manu who had a fantastic year. It may not have shown up on the, on the stat sheet. He was fantastic this year though. And you've got a guy like Yannick Ngakwe, who is a free agent as well, right? He's going to cost more, but yeah. that is a, a proven veteran leader that has been has been a, a number of, a, a stellar starter for a number of years. And you can bring that in, and you know exactly what you're getting there. And then you supplement what? that with draft picks. Is that better, or do you bring back a menu? Well, why don't we why don't we run through the offense, and then we'll go to the, then we'll go to the defense. Why don't we finish okay. finish up the offense, then we'll we'll go into that. Yep. So the only other parts I had for the offense, running back. I don't think they're going to do any receiver. I think they're probably in good shape. Mm-hmm. Running back, can Kyle help himself? I don't know. Maybe he'll go outside and creep hunt or something because he's crazy. I don't know. But I think, you know, there, I don't know that there's going to be a big splash either. Who knows? Maybe Jeff Wilson comes back. I don't know. But I don't Guys, think it's going to be a big splash thing. Derrick Henry is rumored to be on the trade block. I did. Oh, I did. I did see that. <laughs> I don't think he's coming here, but I, I did see that. <laughs> the only other spot that's interesting to me because I know they're in the market for it, not to replace Kittle, obviously, but maybe just to get a number two or whatever. And, and also two. a guy to maybe replace Kittle down, down line as tight end. And there are some really, really interesting names at tight end. And again, I don't know if they're going to want to do something where like we can get two really good receiving tight ends in here 
Gasecki, who didn't fit in the Miami offense, so I because he doesn't block, so I don't really right. think he'd be up here. But right. then you know you got guys who are just you know they're productive. Dalton Schultz, Austin Hooper, Tanyan, Hayden Hurst, um, Irv Smith, Kyle Rudolph, they're Dan Arnold. There's just all these names. Do you guys think that maybe they might take a flyer on one of these guys, or maybe maybe sign a tight end, and all of a sudden you have these two receiving threats? I, I don't know. There's they're going to draft one. I think, I think they're going to draft. Oh, they're definitely going to draft. Yeah, I think they're definitely so drafting a tight end. And you know who they're going to draft? I'm going to call my shot. We're not going to do our, we're, we're not going to spill our mock draft yet, but I think they're going to go right back to Iowa and they're Sam going to draft Laporta. Sam Laporta. And they're yeah. going to go right back think, to Iowa. Yeah. He's the name, man. He's the name right now. Yep. I think that's there's a, there's a lot of names. It's a deep tight end draft. And that's why I'm like, I don't yeah. know that they're going to spend money in free agency on that position with how, with how deep this this tight end draft is i think they're gonna i think they could even double dip in in the draft and go two tight ends one that would be a, a blocking tight end and then one that would be a receiving threat um and then you've got you know you've got your four now you've got kittle and then uh warner who is still under contract and then you got the two guys that that you drafted i absolutely think that's the route they go i honestly outside of offensive line i don't see them spending any money on this offense whatsoever in free agency i just don't there's there's no there are no holes on that side of the ball outside of the offensive line and again if they believe in their guys in house if they believe in in McKivitts to play right tackle then I, then i don't think they're going to go into free agency if they believe in nick zakel at center then i don't think they're going to go into free agency or like you mm-hmm. said al Maybe they retain Brendel on a short-term deal. But here's the thing. You know what team just released their center? The Houston Texans. Who's the Houston Texans offensive coordinator? Bobby Slowick. He's going to want a guy like Jake Brendel. And not only that, but the Jets. The Jets likely aren't going to re-sign Connor McGovern. Would they want a guy like Jake Brendel, even though they're they're running a, a, a at least a different – they have a different offensive coordinator now in, in Nathaniel Hackett. So – I, th- I think there w- might actually be competition for Brendel, and at which point I don't know, I don't know what price point they go. We're out. So, but yeah, outside of uh, outside of the offensive line, I just don't see them spending money on that side of the ball. All right, moving over to the defensive side, and Zane, you you started with a name that I had actually written down, but you know, let's. I think many human Ebukan are going to get paid. Personally, yeah, I, I think they're young. I think that. Their pass rushers around the open market; those guys tend to get money, and I, I, I don't. They earned I guess, it. They absolutely earned it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, they did. I don't think they're coming back. Couple names that I thought of. I was almost wondering if maybe you've seen Arden Key reunion. Wonder if they would have any interest. I know a lot of people won't like this, but that would fill the Amenahu role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Thomas coming back on like a really cheap deal is just you know like a rotational piece type thing. Are, are, um, one of the names. Are you talking about Solomon Thomas? Yeah, mate. I don't know. He's a free agent. He's familiar with him. Ooh. Again, I'm not saying you're going to bring him in for a five-year deal, but like a one-year type <laughs> thing. I, I don't know. But um, Matthew Ioannidis was a name that he he played in Carolina last year. He played. He's a defensive tackle. He played six years with Washington. He mm-hmm. played with Carolina last year. He had seven and a half sacks in 2018, eight and a half in 2019. Um, Wilkes, obviously, he played with him last year. He was on a one-year deal with Carolina, and he made nine and a half million last year. I do not think he's going to come anywhere close to that this year. He's twenty-nine years old. Um, he might be a guy, maybe you could see them bring in if if they do move away from some of their own guys. And in in, 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 in how you say his name, Inakwe, Inakwe, I don't know how you say his name. Yannick Ngakwe. Um, 
Ngakwe. Zayna, he's a name I wrote down too because I wondered if they're looking for a pass rusher on the other on the other side. Um, he made him a name for himself with Jacksonville. He had 37 and a half sacks there in his first four seasons. And he's jumped around since then. He was on Minnesota and Baltimore combined for a year. He had eight total sacks. He was on the Raiders in 2021. He had 10 sacks and on Indy last year with nine and a half. So he's a guy that you could bring in and he's going to give you production. So he can give you somebody on the other side of Bosa maybe if you want to bring him in. Um, I just don't know, again, money-wise, is somebody, because he is a proven pass rusher, is he going to get money in the open market? But as somebody who's bounced around and maybe the Niners can snag him if, if the market isn't there and, and it falls through. I thought that was a good name to bring up. Yeah, I think that the Niners, what, what they do is they essentially spend on one big name per free agency cycle. That's that's typically how it goes, right? It was Mooney Ward last time. The, the first cycle around, it was Malcolm Smith, right? That didn't work out. But I, that's that's this formula that they that they have, right? They, they target one guy and they spend, sometimes overspend, or not the Malcolm Smith case, but they spend on that guy in that position. And with Mooney, it worked out perfectly, right? That was that was a great move. They They really did well with that. They targeted D Ford with the trade and, and they needed that position and, and it didn't work out so well for them in the long run. And Quan Alexander as well, right? So typically it's one big sort of splash or contract that they have in the offseason, right? And I think that if Yannick Ngakwe is that guy and they feel like that could put them over the top, then they'll pay him. Because the other thing is like they don't they don't need to go big in the secondary, right? Like you can find you can find secondary players that will be able to be be sufficient with your pass rush, right? But you need a good pass rush just to make that work. And we know that they love to build through the trenches. The other thing that I will say, though, is that if you choose not to go big on the defensive line, you have Chris Kucerich, who can turn anything into gold, right, on the defensive line. So you rely on that coaching. And you have Steve Wilkes, who's a former head coach. And I believe that this defense will probably, in my opinion, be better just because of that experience alone that Steve Wilkes is going to bring. I'm going to make that bold prediction here and say that the Niners defense will be better in 2023 as a result of that. That's not to say D'Amico is a slouch, right? That's just, I, I just admire Steve Wilkes that much as a, as a leader. So I feel like, again, you know, decision tree, many nodes, they can make this move to get Ngakwe, and basically that's it. Like your defense is set at that point. You're just, you're just getting depth pieces because you don't have the ability and the funds to be able to fund the rest of that defense, right? So Aziz walks, Ward walks, Gibson may or may not walk, but you do spend on the defensive line, you get Ngakwe. That's kind of the trade-off. They got to fill that safety role, though, too. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, um, Gibson, it came out today. Gibson says he wants to play another season, but it also sounds like he's going to test free agency. Mm -hmm. And I know that they liked him, but there, there are some names on that in that safety market, including oh, yeah. Jesse Bates and including Chauncey Gardner Johnson out of Philadelphia, yeah. that are very intriguing. That will garner a large contract. But like you said, Zane, I, I, if you feel if you if you fill that edge rusher opposite Nick Bosa role, and you fill that safety role with upgrades, right? Even though Gibson played incredibly well last year, Jesse Bates is an upgrade, right? Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is an upgrade. And if you get a Yannick Ngakwe, that's an upgrade over Ebukam and Omenahu and that and that rotating cast of players that you had. Um, but um, but I just think that that they can get enough space where I think they can make two splashes, right? And if they're not going to do it on the offensive side of the ball, 
with with offensive linemen, then I imagine they're going to do it on the defensive side of the ball. And I think they could go safety and edge. Uh, I don't know if it could be Bates and Ngakwe. I think, you know, you could go like Bates and, you know, like a Zach Allen or, or something like that, where it's not mm-hmm. quite the, 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 the contract that Ngakwe, but th- the other thing is they have no idea what kind of contract Ngakwe is going to command. And then the other mm-hmm. thing is we're still at the point where teams haven't, haven't released players to get under the cap for the league year to start. And so there's right. going to be names that get released over the next four or five days where you're like, oh man, that could be a great fit, right? You know, they talk about names like Khalil Mack in, in Los Angeles and 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 other names of, of that ilk. And, you know, some of these players might be willing to come to a squad that is pretty set up to, to compete for a Lombardi. Uh, and and they know that that defense is is really, really good and they get to join that. So you know, the, the players that are leaving are leaving holes, but I, I don't think outside of safety and, and the edge opposite Bosa, I really don't think there's any glaring holes on this defense, even with Aziz probably walking, because I think they've got they've got Flanagan Fowles. They've got Marcelino McCrary Ball, who was a rookie last year. I mean, they've got guys that, that I think that they could put in. Or Oren Burks. Oren Bur- Burks could play uh, that role, uh, I think, beautifully. So... I, I I agree with you, Zane. I think they are going. They are gearing up to make a splash. Uh, the interesting thing is, where will they make that splash? And I mean, the I think the safe money is at edge, right? Because they do believe in building through the mm-hmm. through the defensive line first. And so I I would imagine that is probably the one. But I still I still think Jesse Bates manning the back end of that defense would be incredible. Yeah, and, and I no think one guy, was, oh, go ahead, Zane. so one guy I, I, I didn't. One guy I didn't mention was um, Puna Ford is one guy that I I would love to see on the defensive line. That is, I mean, he's he's basically just like a a square, just like a big square, 5'11", 300 plus pounds, right? So I think that having a guy like that uh, as a depth piece along the defensive line would be be super useful for them because you can move along the line. He's played end, he's played inside as well. So that is the type of guy that I feel like that they would value. But I think that, uh, you know, I'll close by saying this by – they need to solidify that safety position first because there are far less options in that position for them to be able to use than there are at the defensive line position. And again, you don't have anybody at safety. You've got some defensive linemen on the roster at least. You're just lacking depth. You have nobody at safety. So I feel like a guy like Jesse Bates, who's only 26, by the way, would be an absolute catch at at the safety position. Yeah, and with Gibson, they may have caught lightning in a bottle last year with him. And he did have a nice season. They weren't expecting it. But the Niners were 24th in DVOA on deep passes last season. So bringing him back on a second year, you may not get what you got in the first year. So I wouldn't mind them going elsewhere. And Bates is a guy against who I just I had his name circled. He's been, he's been really durable. He's around the ball. He's got 14 picks, I believe, in four years. It's going to cost a lot of money. But if they are going to make that splash, yeah, he, he's a guy. He's a name that I had that I would like to bring in for the Niners. Also, I hope they can bring back Emmanuel Mosley. I know he's probably not yep. going to be ready to start the season, but he was so good. I'd like for them to bring him back, whether it's a one-year prove a deal, whatever. Get him back in. I, I'm interested to see what his market is because he was so good. If somebody's willing to take a chance on him, but I would love to get him back. Only other thing, and I know I know we've got to kind of get out of here, guys. Um, Robbie Gold may not be back. Team's going to need a kicker. Yeah. Got to address it. Here are the free agent kickers who are, who are out there. 
lot of names. Mason Crosby, Matt Prater, Greg Zerline, Matt Gay, Greg Joseph, Randy Bullock, Brett Maher, who did not do himself any favors going to free agency, Chase McLaughlin. Those were the big names or the notable names that I that I saw anyway. Um, I don't know. Put them all up on a dartboard and pick one. Uh, except for know. except for McLaughlin. McLaughlin, hell yeah, he, I was yeah. at that game. I was at that game. Yeah, Nothing. that's true. He's, he's, he's <laughs> um, there's a history there. But I, I don't think Mayer would. But, you know, some of those other guys, you know, you're Joseph, you're Matt Gay, you're, you know, they may take the flight. They may sign any of those guys, I think. I, I don't know. They may draft somebody, but they're going to at least bring in a vet if they draft somebody, I would think. Yeah, I think they have to bring in a vet. You know, it's 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 difficult because, you know, I think we look at Robbie Gold, and rightfully, uh, as – you know, a core member of this team. And and then you look at his postseason performance, right? He hasn't missed a, missed a field goal in, in any postseason that he's been in. Mm-hmm. And you're like, damn, that's, that's impressive. But then you look at some of the other numbers uh, when it comes to, you know, the regular season and, and his field goal percentage, which I think was around like 84% uh, this past season. And then the other thing is the kickoffs, which, I still don't understand why Mitch Wisnowski wasn't doing kickoffs anymore, but it seems like for whatever reason, Brian Schneider, the special teams coordinator likes the, the, the place kicker to, to be his kickoff uh, kicker and Robbie gold struggled to, to kick touchbacks. <laughs> and so yeah. their and, and their, their kick coverage team suffered because of it. So, you know, I, a lot of those names that you that you rattled off out are very much in the Robbie Gold mold, right? They're older, mm-hmm. um, you know, towards the twilight of their careers. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing them go younger at kicker, but then at that point, you're you're really kind of playing with fire. Like again, this is a team that that expects to compete in the postseason, and if you're expecting, you know, Jake Moody or or the the kicker from I think it's I can't remember the other guy. There's two guys that are that are you know, the biggest names in, in this draft. Um, are you really going to count on a rookie kicker, you know, to kick a game winning field goal and on the road in Philadelphia to send you to the Super Bowl? Whew, right. That's, that's tough. Give me Matt Gay. Yeah. It's a bi- yeah give me Matt Gay. Yeah. I, I, I I'll like take Matt Gay. I, I, yeah. yeah. You know, he, he won a Super Bowl, right? Like, so he's, you know, he's, he's kicked in the playoffs, kicked in clutch situations. Give me, give me Matt Gay. I think that's, I think that's a good move. Yeah, I think so too. You want somebody who's clutch and who's been there, right? I mean, this team's yeah. trying to win yeah. a championship. You want a kicker that you can rely on. I think that's a good name. I think that would be a good one to get. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, guys, we got to get out of here, right? Yeah, yeah. we got to go get, sign some free agents. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. It's going to be a real interesting few days coming up. So for Brian and Zane, I'm Al. Thanks, guys. Peace. Later. Nine zero three. One zero three. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.